the unofficial FIA podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Matson, and welcome to the sixth episode of the unofficial FIA podcast, the place to get to know the people, events, and inner workings of the Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy's graduate program at the University of Central Florida. Joining us for our sixth episode today on November 21st, 2015, are Matthew Owens from the production track. Hello there. Chunzi Wu from the art track. Hey, everybody. And Sam Knox from the programming track. What's up? How's everyone doing today? Doing just fine. Thanks, Fantastic. Derek. Good. How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Saturday, uh, unusual recording day for me, but uh, it's, I think it may be slightly more relaxing because of that. Um, so we can go ahead and jump right into our first segment here, uh, which is, all, as always, the game of the week. Um, and I can kind of start us off and, and we'll make our way around Matt next um, so I've been playing Hearthstone again. I picked that up. Uh, it's only a, I think it's only a slight addiction. I still haven't put money into it yet. It's so a popular one. What level are you? Um, oh, right now, like ranking. I don't know. I've been, I've been trying to do arena mostly. So I'm probably like 19 or 18. Nothing, nothing impressive, uh, especially compared to other people who play around here. Do you have a favorite class yet? Uh, it changes because the cards change a lot. Sure. Um, I like to play rogue. Um, I like to play uh, Hunter as well, though Hunter's kind of frowned upon, I feel like. <laughs> same, same as Mage. Has Priest gotten any more popular? Because I love Priest. Uh, but it always I seems sort of I overpowered. Mean, people, people play it a lot. I, I, From what I hear, I mean, again, I just started picking back up like last week or so, but from mm. what I hear right now, one of the more popular ones is Druid. Druid. Um, or sorry, no, is it Druid? No, it's not. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's that other class? Hunter looks like Druid, doesn't it? Um... The Probably. one with the Murloc Knight. I can't think of him right now. Murloc Knight. Um, let's see. There's Warlock. There's Paladin. There's Paladin. Paladin. Paladin's really popular right Paladin. now. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm sure people who are listening are judging me <laughs> so hard right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if I want to hear, that's that's pretty good. But I played a little bit of that. And then, of course, Fallout 4, which yeah. is kind of like for sure. you got to touch on. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, Fallout 4 has taken up the majority of my gaming time so far, and it has been pretty fantastic so far. So yeah. I'm really enjoying it, just uh, delving back into a Bethesda open world experience since it's been, what, like four years since Skyrim? Since been... Skyrim was released? Yeah, probably maybe even five. Really? Wow. I, I feel been like it's time. been, yeah, it's just, but it's just stayed popular. People yeah. just keep playing yeah, it and modding it and having a blast with that one. It's such a cool thing about Bethesda's games is the sort of community support it gets. There's like already mods out, people tweaking and making the game a little bit better. Yeah. Like, um, I think one of the most popular mods out right now is normally you can't see what exactly your character is going to say in the dialogue system, but somebody patched it, like pulled the dialogue from the subtitles and put it so you know exactly what your character is going to say before you oh. actually click on the dialogue. Okay, cool. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because normally it's like a, this is kind of what you're going to say. Yeah, it's like, yes, no, maybe. <laughs> uh, sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> what is sarcastic? I've never clicked that one. Oh. <laughs> You've never clicked sarcastic on a on a speak game. No, it's never looked like the best option. <laughs> you just say something kind of cheeky. It's you like, oh sassy. yeah, sure. No, that makes complete sense. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, are you? Sometimes you <laughs> confuse the other player, the the other character, the NPCs. Like, ah. Oh. It's kind of funny because some of the like some of the characters really get sarcasm and others don't. And like, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And they <laughs> just don't really understand. It's funny. Just like real life. Exactly. Um, what about you, Sam? What have you been up to? You played anything? Um. Most recently, probably Fallout, but yeah. most often, probably Rogue Legacy. 
Oh, what's Rogue Legacy? I'm not familiar. It's a roguelike indie game. Uh, it's a 2D platformer. Okay. Yeah, one of the really unique things about it, I love Rogue Legacy too. It's where you have a generational system where your character is sort of its own entity every time. Mm-hmm. What your children pick up after your character dies and sort of try to avenge you by going back into the same dungeon that your uh, their forefather died in. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's just fun to play. <laughs> fun. Is it just like the, is the battle mechanic really really fun? Or yeah, it's okay. uh, it feels it's hard, but it feels good. All mm-hmm. right, so not my kind of game, but <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> what about you, Chenji? Okay, um, I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and then I've been playing it since it was released. Uh, now it's about like five years already. Yeah, and um, my class was monk. Because mm-hmm. it was the fattest class you can ever get, and it also like special attacks. It's really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love it, and then we beat up like all kind of dungeons, and then um, I'm really on my like fourth life. Okay. So yeah. what what is what is fourth life? Is that like a like a like, really high level, or is that like a yeah? Like let's say you're in one class, and then you can like keep getting more lives, and on each life you can you gain like more uh, special attacks. Oh, and all okay, that. cool. And so it's like prestiging like, in Call of right, Duty or right, something prestige, like that. Yeah. Sure, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Cool. Uh, awesome. Trine makes that, right? Trine? The company? I think it's over. I don't I know. I think you're right. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I don't know. It's been a long time since I played uh, somebody, Dungeons Dragons. Somebody online. can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. I, I'm, I never, I mean, I wish I had played more MMOs. That's something that I come. I came to find, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> MMOs." And I'm like, "Oh, it is man. to me. It's more exciting, you know. You can, you can, you know, just hook up a whole group, you know, a rate group, and twenty of you just, you yeah. Know. Rating's yeah. definitely the best part. Yeah, it like, is. The, it I, is. I didn't realize what rating was until I played Destiny, and then I was like, "Oh, this is why <laughs> people like MMOs so much." Yeah, <laughs> because it's really like you guys are just in a different world, but working together. Yeah, sure. it's Absolutely. a very empowering feeling it to is. sort of have this group of people 20 something people just come together and overcome this gigantic obstacle that really no is. one of you could overcome alone and you yeah. never seen these people before and you yeah. never know them but you're working together and you know you help each other out too it's awesome yeah and you become so much closer through that there's some really close people just who knew each other from guildmates basically yeah. and who have become really good online or real life friends even. yeah it is so definitely. it's pretty cool definitely um i definitely established a couple of those in destiny <laughs> when i was playing that really crazy um so let's uh let's take a step back and kind of get to know uh everyone who's on uh you probably if you've been listening you probably already know me so no need for an introduction but uh we can start with you again matt if you don't mind uh tell us a little bit about yourself yeah sure so uh before i came to FIA, i was actually a civil litigation attorney uh commercial litigation attorney rather where we would um, take on cases where if two business partners had gotten disagreement if there was a disagreement over a particular provision of a contract or, um, you know, somebody thinks that they own more of the company than the others and there's some unclarity and they can't come to some sort of agreement outside mm-hmm. of the court system, then when they actually want to bring it in front of a judge, they're the people that uh, come to us and then we go to the judge, we file the complaint, we take it through the whole actual litigation procedure. Um, I did that for about a year after I graduated from law school at the University of Florida. Go Gators. And, go Gators. <laughs> and um, during that process, it was... Um, it was good work. I had had a great boss. I had a great staff that was supporting us. Uh, the people there were lovely, but I just didn't feel the same kind of passion uh, for that field of law that I do for something like designing video games. And I, really. uh, I yeah, so I applied to FIA. I got accepted. It was sort of a weird thing because I literally had no experience with it before beyond just, you know, 
the love that I have for this medium. And um, I got accepted and I decided to take the leap. And I was sort of hoping along the way that I can meld this legal experience and knowledge that I have, um, sort of, you know, understanding the intricacies of business and the laws that support those businesses and combine that with uh, knowledge of video games to make something greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, definitely. Maybe uh, prevent some lawsuits in the in the process. I would love to, yeah. <laughs> Be able to have everybody's back and uh, make everybody better because that's what being a producer is all about. Absolutely. What about you, Sam? Uh, I was a software engineer and it was pretty much just not for me. Mm -hmm. And so I applied to a bunch of game companies and none of them would even say anything back to me. So figured I got to make some connections. Applied to FIA. Luckily, I got in. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you, you had a CS undergrad, right? Right. Where, where at? Uh, University of Virginia. Okay, cool. And uh, what was the company you worked at before here? Uh, Capital One. Capital One. Okay, cool. Um, mostly doing like tools? Code Monkey. Or, oh, Code <laughs> Monkey. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you're, I know you are like gung ho about doing venture track after this. Yeah, I'm definitely doing venture track. So after all this coming to FIA so I can get a job and get a reply back from the gaming industry and then I'm not even going to apply for an internship. So a little bit of a flip flop there, but I'm standing by my decision. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty exciting. I mean, the, the fact that even FIA offers that is, is really, really cool. Um, Kind yeah, of it's you. a once in a lifetime opportunity. I can't see passing it up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I love that. One of the cool things I thought it was really neat about it was that they sort of offer it to all alumni. Like, even mm -hmm. if you do go on to get an internship or a job, then you can come back. Right. So that's um, not venture track. That is a after you graduate, you can come here and apply for uh, to work here for two years. Mm hmm. And for up to two years. Mm -hmm. And if they accept you, you can come do that and start your company here. And it's like amazing financially and yeah. all that. Yeah. But the uh, fourth semester, they say oh, go get a internship or stay here and do the venture track. And most people go and apply for internships. Hmm. But I can't. Yeah. Well, re but regardless, I mean, being able to extend um, and utilize the space for what was up to two years, something like that. Awesome. Yeah, pretty amazing. And that so, or for the time when you're here just doing venture track during yeah. the fourth semester. Right. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. What about you, Chenzi? Uh, before I came to FIRE, I was a photography student, mm -hmm. and then I was a photographer too. And my specialization area is photojournalism, which is what I'm oh. doing. And um, uh, I went to lots of like places, you know, which have tons of social issues. Um, we went to like the, you know, homeless camp. And uh, uh, I went to tons of uh, political events, mm -hmm. and also, um, yeah. And then we travel a lot, a lot around the world, you know, and see uh, all the like, lives there, and then you know, um, people's living conditions, all that. So I find out, like, you know, there's so much more things you can do in photography. It's very powerful. Yeah. That you can be the voices for those who need one. Mm -hmm. So you know, at the same time, I love video game, and then I'm just thinking, so. You know, um, compare with traditional video games, what you can do if you combine photography and video games together to create something so much better that can help other people and then create some product that, that you know, it's very powerful that can inspire others. So I came here and then, you know, after this three or four months, you know, uh, uh, working with all the producers, you know, uh, and other artists and, and programmers, you know, mm -hmm. um, I discovered, you know, uh, video games itself is such a powerful platform. 
that you can do lots of things with it. So um, yeah, that's what I'm doing for my capstone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll jump more and talk a little bit more about that later. But it's kind of cool to see you uh, merge those two worlds together it is, and it actually is. and turn it into a capstone. We'll we'll talk a little bit later about what a capstone is as well uh, for some people who are listening and and, and don't know. Um, but uh, on that note, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Uh, we are going to continue this sixth episode with our segment of the week. Uh, and again, the title of the podcast, which is What's a Capstone? Uh, what is a Capstone? A capstone for uh, us at FIA is basically kind of the culmination of all of our learning. Uh, the three tracks all get together. Uh, we go through a pitching process where people have ideas uh, for games. Then there's a final selection. We choose a few of those games depending on uh, what the faculty thinks is is best for us and then we go into a six-month process of of making a fully developed game, which is really really cool and it's awesome that uh, they even allow us to have the choice to 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 pitch something and and utilize our own ideas. So that's kind of the basic setup of a capstone, uh, and the segment really is just to talk about uh, what everyone's working on, like what the project is they're working on, what uh, their kind of game plan is over the next couple of weeks and then um yeah just just uh what they're thinking so does anyone in particular want to start us off i mean i can go ahead and start matthew so, again uh, yeah why not <laughs> pressure um, on you <laughs> so yeah uh for our capstone project or for rather rpp that hopefully will become a capstone project yeah uh we're working on a game called immortal and that was the game that i pitched and it's sort of um I think really more of an experimental game because its goal is to explore a darker, a darker psychological bend of a man who isn't on a quest to save the world or to rescue a princess, but rather he's been cursed with immortality. He has been forced to suffer watching his loved ones wither and die and watch his own kingdom crumble before him and... He has been suffering for so long that his only desire is to find a way to end his unnaturally long life. Um, For me, it's sort of an allegorical tale of someone, maybe in reality, who's struggling with these dark thoughts, who hasn't been suffering for eternity, but maybe it feels like they have, and maybe they they feel like their only way out is um, through uh, pretty dark circumstances, maybe taking their own life. For other people, it's, it's getting lost and drugs or you know bad places but um i feel like wrapping it in the cocoon of sort of a medieval fantasy uh dark though it is provides a safer place for people to explore those sorts of emotions mm-hmm. um to sort of find something that they see in themselves and to explore how they feel about these sorts of things um in a much safer place Absolutely. so um, as far as what we're doing now that I've brought everybody down, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just before you jump into that, I, I think it's interesting that you compare it to, um, I mean, a, a safe place to do such a thing. Cause I think of, uh, even like, like a Pixar movie, right. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they said the, the fact that we're utilizing a, a exploded 
environment in some some way um, to explore emotions maybe we don't talk about really as often as we should yeah. uh, is is uh, always always a great idea in my opinion and yeah. it's usually successful. Thanks. I, I hope so. Um, it's it's a, a pretty meaningful project to me. I hope I hope we can see success. But um, yeah, I mean, you you see statistics every day, especially about people who are the survivors of such horrific events, like uh, soldiers returning from yeah. war literally more active suicide deaths than people who are lost in combat. And that's such a tragic figure to think about. Mm -hmm. But um, for the game itself, uh, it is set in a sort of a gothic medieval fantasy world. So right now for RPP, we're just sort of pulling assets that we think will be appropriate since uh, such a focus is going to be put on the narrative. I'm sort of trying to write out a screenplay of how I want the narration to go and the story to flow and what the environments will look like so we can tailor it to that experience. Um, and then of course we have our, our programmer Ashwin who's, uh, working really hard on just making sure that the character can move and defend and attack, um, the, uh, you know, the monstrosities that will appear in the dungeon. Uh, I love Ash. Are... Ash is on my last RPP. Ash is great. great. Yeah. Yeah. Ash is great. Yeah. Um, do you have a kind of game plan for, for pitch yet or are you still working on it? I know I am. I don't, I don't have a game plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely still a work in progress. I think that it's going to be helpful that we are focusing so much on sort of having a compelling narrative presentation within the game itself. Yeah. Because we'll have a lot of great artwork from that that we can put into the presentation. We can show a demo itself that will give people a real taste of the emotional context of the game, if not necessarily how depth the in-depth the gameplay is going to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, you know, they gave us exactly what should be in our presentations and they keep telling us things about, you know, how you're going to make it impactful um that, think, the, that one thing the one moment yeah i i want to do something you know to tie it back to reality that i think people will remember and i think you know utilizing the numbers the tragic numbers that we have of yeah. uh veteran suicides i think really will stick with people that's it's meaningful to people on so many levels and i think that this game sort of reflects upon an aspect of that um that i think people will will, will value definitely mentioning someone who i think did that well w- within the last set of Capstone mm. pitches was Jared mm. with the uh, Syrian refugee like concept, uh, kind of bringing it back to reality, and then and then also making it a game at the same time. Right. So right. I think it, that can definitely be successful. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What are you working on? Um, I'm working on a game called Hard Coded. All right. Very. I'm gonna talk about very differently from that. So <laughs> yeah, that intense story. Um, ours does as well, but that's not really why i like this game uh you'll have to talk to my producers for that story (laughs) but it's a 2.5 d platformer where the main character is not just standard control it's a shooter like contra Mm -hmm. the player only controls particular parts of the main character where i'll have them set well we'll have them set up so that the player will control an arm or a leg or okay. a gun or a mix of them. And then the rest of it is controlled by the AI who is on your team trying to kill the bad guys. And then you can hack things uh, in game to take control of other bad guys. And it's it's really cool. It's a lot of fun to make. Yeah, that's I, I like that concept of, of having the... Have, not, well, the not having complete control, but also having to almost combat yourself or, or your character itself, because it's maybe not walking in the direction you want to walk or, or uh, right. not, not making the decisions you want it to make. Yeah. We're thinking any decisions in game that you as a player makes your character or counterpart makes the opposite decision. So there's always a tension between you yeah. and the other person controlling you. Yeah. 
That's really cool. So you have sort of like a, a begrudging alliance <laughs> with your own player character where you, yeah. you have to sort of work together in these tense combat situations. But otherwise, he's like, I really dislike the fact that you're controlling my, you know, my right. body. And yeah. they're going to be arguing. Yeah. And it's going to have two separate endings depending on if you are a moral person or an immoral person. Mm. And whichever you are, your other self will be the other. Yeah, that that's interesting as well. Yeah. My first thought is, you ever, you ever watched the movie Gamer? I don't think I have actually. No. Is that no. that like really? It looks really crappy on the uh, <laughs> trailers. Uh, it, yeah, it was. It was an interesting game. Obviously, I saw it because of, of video games in general. Sure. Uh, but but it was the concept was really really awesome, and then maybe the follow through just wasn't as as cool. But it's kind of a prison prisoners. Are, are given the opportunity to um, volunteer for being part of a real life video game where uh, people take control of your body and put you in like a Call of Duty war style game. Mm. Um, so it's basically uh, a chance to, if, if you have like a life sentence, to get out of it um, if by volunteering to do this. And it was it was an interesting concept, but the, just the concept of in general of somebody else controlling your body and then having that actually, you know, that uh fight against yourself hmm. is, is a really cool idea in general yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> what about you chenzi okay so the game we're working on right now um is called the photography girl mm-hmm. which is you know um we're trying it's kind of like a different game than the tra- traditional one you know it's a very very practical uh i'd rather say it is a interactive program that you know uh we built uh, you know, all the different possibly, you know, worlds like aliens worlds or oceans, you know, yeah. or any worlds you can think of. And then we'll enable all the players, you know, the full uh, ability to use the camera settings to go into this world and then learn the camera settings and capture, you know, professional quality photography pictures. Mm-hmm. So this game um, is heavily relates on, you know, how we can simulate the entire uh, camera functions into yeah. the game. And uh, but at the same time, we want to be we want it to be fun, you know. Uh, we don't want people to think, okay, oh, so this is an educational game, and there are tons of tutorials in there. It's boring. No, it's very very <laughs> exciting. Um, you know, it's a very scalable thing, and then you can, you know, like all the worlds, anything you can think about, like aliens even. So that's our goal right now. We're trying to push um, the ability that how you know the uh, the game mechanics can how far can go for our mm-hmm. RFP round. And then uh, we're trying to, you know, invent a system that can simulate the very basic camera functions, you know, for the RPP round, um, how to make the world, you know, very, very appealing to players and let them see the potentials, you know, um, of what they can do, you know, with the skills that they can learn from this product. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very different than traditional, traditional games. Well, and it's interesting because I think a lot of games have already kind of danced around this topic. Like, I mean, you can't you can't think of a photography game and not think of like Pokemon Snap right. or um, yeah. or uh, Dead Rising. The whole point was like, uh, right? Dead Rising. That's the right game. Yeah, Dead Rising yeah, too. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're playing as a photographer, and based off of, of how good of a shot you get, you get so many points, etc. <laughs> but uh, I like that you're kind of taking the 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 fun of that, and right. then and then blowing up to the possibility of utilizing an actual like Nikon, whatever, yeah, because, high-end um, camera. Right, exactly. Because there are a couple games, you know, we did research before, and we do have uh, competitors, you know. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple little games which are made already very similar, but they are not released. And then we see our uh, advantage, and then we see our potentials. Yeah. So we're trying to really combine this, you know, not just like a game. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's definitely very, very fun, and, uh, you know, very approachable and accessible to lots of people. 
Yeah. Know, so. yeah. I saw their progress so far, and it's just like crazy realistic. It looks so awesome. Yeah. The, the oh, math behind it has to be insane. Yeah, the world has to be like beautifully rendered, you know, realistic. Yeah. And uh, um, like just lots of possibilities in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really cool concept. I love the idea of, of kids being able to, you know, pay for a, I don't know, $30, $40 game uh, and, and be able to learn how to utilize a high-end, you know, $3,000 camera without having to buy it. Right, yeah. exactly. That's that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember uh, speaking of Pokemon Snap, uh, when I first played that game when I was a kid, I was so pumped up about it that I actually grabbed the camera that we had like a crummy little, you know, uh, makeshift camera around the house. And I went out and I tried to take pictures of animals uh, around the neighborhood (laughs) of like bugs and stuff. But I would get right up close to them and I didn't really know how to focus the camera. So when I got it all developed, it all looked really bad. So, I mean, if there's any other kids like that, then I think definitely a game like yours would definitely speak to them. And I actually um, were trying to push our uh, target audience, not just kids. Yeah, absolutely. From all age, whoever wants to, you know, uh, go into the world then they're they want to explore and take the pictures so that's why we are trying our goal is to try to set up as many you know uh, world developments as we can you know to suit all different ages so yeah i mean i think it's definitely got a an open-ended audience for sure um i guess i should talk a little bit about mine as well um so the game i'm a producer as well the game that i pitched was a little tree which is uh, about a uh, girl in a pre-colonized uh, America uh, in a Native American tribe going through her rite of passage, which is the vision quest. Um, so she's been fasting and going to uh, one of the ritual sites that they use. So it becomes uh, entirely about the concept of belief and and what it means to believe in something and and then also whether or not believing things can actually affect your real life uh, or, or belief having real world consequences, which is uh, kind of fun. And, and we're delving into really just that mechanic, just making that work. Uh, if I, if I see something that isn't really there and I believe in it hard enough that I can actually use it um, and then balancing that, which is probably going to be the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think just, just if we can show it, show that that is something that can work in the game uh i think that's that's basically our main goal for rpp and then nice. therefore presentation beautiful hey matt in your game if you if you, the uh king gets hit on the arm or something he like loses his arm or <laughs> what what happens there so yeah um i guess i didn't talk too much about the actual mechanics of it but sort of the going along with the theme of the game your character, while he's immortal, is not impervious to injury. Um, he can be injured like any mortal man. Um, the only time his immortality really kicks in is if he's injured to the point that a normal man would die. Um, and that point, uh, time freezes and he is transported back ostensibly to a checkpoint where he's fully recombobulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but since he has that ability to essentially be impervious from death at the very least... We wanted the combat system to be a little bit more realistic. So if you get hit by a sword in real life, you know, your bread meter doesn't go down a little bit. That's not really how it works. You know, you get a cut on your arm and, you know, your arm is hurt and it's harder to use that arm. So we have varying levels of injury that you can sustain on your various body parts. Um, 
it's going to be really complicated and hard to uh, fully realize <laughs> something like that in the next two weeks because um, it yeah, sounds two like weeks, a, play time. A, a very complex system. We're hoping that essentially, you know, we'll be able to communicate a vague idea of it where if you get hit, we'll have, you know, various uh, hitboxes on the various parts of your body. If you get hit on an arm, your attacks get a little bit slower. Your guard gets a little bit slower if you get hit on your shield arm. Um, your movement gets a little bit slower if you get yeah. hit in the eggs. But <clears throat> at this point, we probably won't have limbs flying off just yet. <laughs> You know, it's just like 20 more art assets. <laughs> Did you guys ever play that version of Dodgeball where whatever limb you get hit in, you're still in the game, but you can't use that limb anymore? I haven't. That sounds awesome, though. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun version of Dodgeball. Yeah. That, that's what your game makes me think of, brings me back. It's a little le- a little less dark. <laughs> but yeah. That'll be the kid-friendly version. Yeah. Everybody has Dodgeballs instead of uh, swords. But uh, no, it's... I. Um, I, I'm a huge nerd. I used to do um, a game called Amp Guard, which is basically a form of live-action live role-playing, mm-hmm. where um, it's essentially the same thing. You don't really have hit points. Um, if you get hit in an arm, you can no longer use that arm. If you get in the leg, you have to go down on one leg. Um, you hit in the torso, uh, you're dead. We try not to hit people in the head because most people don't have helmets, and we don't want like lawsuits going around. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, I just I love that game growing up as a kid, and I've never found something in a video game that really captures the essence of that fun. Um, I've uh, I've seen some people playing a version of that around the cohort with Nerf swords. Yes, so. <laughs> that was that was uh, my initial instruction that I think inspired a lot of that. So it makes me happy to see it's still a, a popular sport. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, well, uh, regardless, I, I think all we got a lot of cool games that are coming up on this, and I'm just Absolutely. I'm just excited to get to started on on Capstone in general, mm-hmm. regardless of what ends up happening. Um, so we got an interesting question of the week. Uh, Carmen sent this to us, uh, Carmen Escanese, who is, uh, has been on the, on the show before. Uh, it might have been last episode because I know we've had a bit of a break between this episode and the last. <laughs> uh, Capstone has been taking up a lot of our times. Uh, but the question is, um, of your semester so far, you know, we're coming up towards the end of the semester, uh, our first semester at FIA. Uh, do you have a favorite memory? And if you do, what is that memory? I do. Um, so my birthday was uh, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was at my computer doing work. And then all of a sudden, like 15, 20 people came up and sang me happy birthday. <laughs> and that was really awesome. I remember that. <laughs> well, it was your birthday. Of course we were singing happy birthday. It's a special day. Aw. That's, that's, nice that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's tough to narrow it down to just one, right? Yeah. There's been so many awesome experiences so far. I mean, it, it really is sorry, go for it, Sam. Well, do we have to narrow it down to one? I guess not. If you have another one that you wanted to mention, go for it. Uh, yesterday, I was playing some ping pong with Chris, <laughs> and I beat him five to one. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, that one, he did skunk me. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just sort of the collective experience of being here at FIA is so incredible. Just sort of realizing that we can do this especially for the people who have come here never having really any experience in game design before mm-hmm. and seeing the product of our work and being like, this is something I can do. This is something that I've been passionate about my whole life and I can make this a reality. This is so cool. But um, one memory that does bring to mind is uh, when we were working on the last RPP where we had to develop a modal, mobile title, our game ended up being Major Ursa, which is sort of a shoot 'em up type game where you play as uh, the titular character, Major Ursa, against the evil Salmon Armada. And we wanted to have a big climactic boss fight for the end. Um, so me and Agnesa, my fellow producer, sat down and we um, we started to design the various stages of the boss and the phases that he would go through and all the different attacks that he would have. 
And we were really getting into it. And we had a paper prototype. And it was like, yeah, what if he moves over the top and then over the bottom? And then what if these shots like arc backwards? And then what if he has like a laser beam? <laughs> and um, we put it all very organized on a list on Trello. We were keeping track of all of our tasks that we would want, you know, to be implemented by uh, Al, Al Stopar, our programmer. Um, and at the end of it, we looked through our list, and it was the longest list on Trello. <laughs> um, and so we went and was like, hey, Al, so we finished designing the boss, but it might be kind of insane. So tell us, like, give us your expert feedback on this. And Al is just uh, one of the nicest guys. He's very soft-spoken most of the time, uh, very laid back. But the first thing he said was, Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, man, I think we've messed up. But um he got through this entire like seven phase long boss fight in the next two days and I was just blown away. So yeah. it was so awesome that we were able to design something that complex and then have somebody with the talent to really implement it. And that's with that speed and that accuracy that made me feel good about the, you know, the way we organized our design and just sort of the quality of people that we have here at FIA. So it was a great memory for me. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome how everyone in your team is just like, if you, if you need something, it's just like, okay, yeah, I got it. And then they're, if they can, they basically drop everything they're yeah. doing to help you out. And it's just, it's incredible. Definitely. I, I, I think I've been consistently astounded by people's like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> just willingness to just jump in. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, for ever since I got into the video game industry, um, uh, I'm I'm just like very amazed about like how this entire system works, you know, uh, with producers, programmers, uh, and artists working together. So the entire experience uh, of the semester when I'm here, you know, I mean, every day is a new discover, and there's just so many good memories. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have if you have to let me, you know, pick one or two, yeah, uh, specifically was on my third round RPP, you know, when I was working with Gordon, um, his game, uh, Glitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, you know, sort of different mechanical design, but um, I just remember that when I was designing all the tales for a background and all that, the universe and then the spaceship inside, and we were just, like, keeping back and forth for, like, I think six hours, mm-hmm. nonstop. I mean, just to get the things right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he never gave up on any details. And, um, you know, I just I just can see like how bad and how much go like he knows and can even you know can vision for this whole game, and um, even show that game you know turns out um, just the whole design I mean it was just beautiful mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, that was a, one of the best designs I ever gave to RPP games mm-hmm. and um, that was really intense but um, um, I just want to say hey Gordon you, you did such a great job yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> We're all very proud of you, and I'm proud of everyone in that team. Uh, also, Katie, you know, she was really, really sick that week. But, you know, she just worked as hard as she could because those animations were just insane yeah. that she put in there. And also Casey, but uh, everybody was just great. Uh, another thing I want to mention is really that um, the virtual reality goggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the vibe. The vibe. It was just oh, incredible. The vibe was so cool. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Actually, yeah, we were thinking about like, how about let's make our, uh, you know, this uh, uh, photography grow into a visual reality thing. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, be awesome. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know potential direction we want to push to. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now we just want to you know do the you know the step one. Um, so yeah. Or I can even see a, a version of it where it's an augmented reality and you're using an iPad and you're taking pictures of real life stuff. Right, exactly. With the settings all exactly. implemented in it. And yeah. at that point, you're just replacing the camera altogether, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the vibe was so cool. It was just insane. Uh, uh, if you guys get a chance to, if anyone listening gets a chance to demo the vibe and they haven't, do it. It is 
the best virtual reality experience I've ever had. It really down. is. Yeah, really I will third that without a second stout. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I loved every second of it. I wanted to come back so I can play more of the games. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The only thing I wish is, you know, um, if you wear the goggle, if you know, you also can see, you know, what is happening around you in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it'll be much easier to use. You know. Yeah, I think they did a good job of, of implementing like the lines. If you got too close to a wall, well, the lines yeah. would pop up. Yeah, that so helps. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, favorite memory? Gosh, that's hard. Uh, you have too many. I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess to, just to narrow it down, I think uh, every single RPP so far, the design meetings in general, just uh, just being in in a room with a bunch of people and just you know bouncing ideas off each other and then really building it. Like when when you get in that that mode where you say one thing and the next person bounces off that and then it becomes something else and then it builds into something else because of that. And you're like, Oh, that's a great idea. What if we also added this to it? And then all of a sudden your idea becomes, you know, 40 times better than it was before when it was just like, I want to make a 2d platformer, (laughs) you know, and people are like, Oh, that's cool. But then all of a sudden it turns into uh, a bear shooter game or whatever, whatever else it is, you know, um, just, the excitement of those meetings. I, I exactly I've, every single RPP that I've done Absolutely. has been has been so much fun doing that. A lot of fun, yeah, yeah. So I'm. I mean, I hate to, I guess, leave it general like that, but <laughs> I, I really loved it. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we roll out? No, no. Thank you for doing Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. No, you don't want to say hi. Um. <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to submit a question of the week, which you should definitely do, everyone should do that, even though my friends sometimes don't. Don't yet. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You would want to submit that to fiapodcast at gmail.com. That's F-I-E-A. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And uh, uh, I'm also looking for new segment ideas as well. So if you have a, a good idea for a segment, I know we did the 21 questions one uh, last episode. I thought it went pretty well. I don't know if people en- listened to it, enjoyed it or not. Uh, but even just some feedback on that would be more than welcome. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And I will see you the next time we do a show. Bye, everybody. Bye. The unofficial Fire Podcast. Unofficial Fire Podcast. Unofficial Fire Podcast.